0: What's going on everybody? This is the Man on Fire, John Sablon. Welcome you back to a resurrected True Faith Real Talk. For those of you joining us, we've kind of doing some things refactoring um, our, our podcast platform to where everything's going to fold underneath the World ablaze Blaze umbrella. And so I'm excited to begin that journey. Last time you heard from True Faith Real Talk was in August of 2020, in the midst of COVID crazy. So happy to be back. Last time I think I had my, my brother John Edwards on talking about uh, from an addict a, uh, to an evangelist. And so that was a really good discussion. And now I am joined by my brother, with the same holy mother, Fawaz Yassi. <laughs> What's up, brother? Otherwise known as Enoch. How you doing, bro? I'm
1: doing well, man. How are you?
0: I am doing well. Coming all the way from Kentucky, yeah?
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: Good. Well, I want to, uh, you know, for the listeners out there, um, come to know uh, Fawaz through really his his work on Instagram. You know, it's funny how the, the Catholic IG world gets connected and- uh, <laughs> Started started uh taking a look at, you know, a traditional Catholic who uh who's Middle Eastern. My wife, for those of you who are familiar, you know my wife is uh, part Lebanese as well. So I always have a love for my for my Middle Eastern brothers. I feel like we're one. But Getting a traditional Catholic. Yeah, exactly. A traditional Catholic who happened to be out in California. Uh, it's, it's just like when they look at me, they're like, how are you a traditional Catholic out in, in California? No longer, but in Arizona. But, you know, just started following you. And then uh, you came out with your album in April of 22, um, just this year, um, which I was what? super pumped about and so we before we so many questions i have bro so i just wanted to uh, to you know welcome you to the show welcome you to this first thank installment you. of the refactor of true faith real talk and let's have some real discussion so uh for my viewers and listeners out there who may not be familiar with enoch or Fawaz, um can you just kind of give us an intro to to who you are bro
1: yeah sure thank you um uh, yeah father uh father of four husband of one <laughs> thanks be to god uh uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a uh, traditional Catholic farmer, I guess you may say. Um, yeah, I'm also a homesteader. I uh, just, just, I just love uh, just uh, being with my family. Yeah, uh, doing my work, doing my duties, and and taking care of the farm and making music, man. That's my. I love being in a community of, of Catholic brothers and sisters are across the world. So it's it's awesome.
0: So let's talk about that because you used the word homesteader, especially for you and I, who are from Cali. Um, they'll be like, "What is a what?" <laughs> A homesteader. What is that, bro?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's somebody who's pretty much self sustaining Try to get to a point where you're self-sustaining. You know, growing your own cattle, uh, um, you know, chickens, garden. Uh, just kind of uh, depending on the God-given uh, natural resources that He's given us, uh, and rather than uh, being dependent on the system or on on an institutions. Uh, so I'm just, you know, I came to Kentucky. I got some land, and I'm just making good use of it. And you know, thanks be to God, He's, He's given this to my to my family.
0: Okay, praise God. That's a we're gonna have to have another discussion on that because I know, especially my son Miko, uh, the the viewers are 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 definitely familiar with him. He's definitely on that front of of trying to make sure. it towards that path of of homesteading. homesteading. Um, yeah. The other con- the other connection we have to bro is uh, we both know Father Peter Patros right? Um, I think you're familiar with him down. He was in SoCal, so uh, shout out to Father Peter, a close friend. He's actually out in Arizona now with us in Phoenix, so he's been assigned out oh, here. Oh, cool, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's
1: one of the Chaldean Dioceses over there, correct?
0: Yeah, that's right, that's right, Chaldean Diocese, and so you were baptized and confirmed in the Syriac Catholic Church, right? Correct. So maybe a brief uh, introduction to the to the listeners out there. What What is that, right? They They forget that the Catholic Church is a universal church, and there's <laughs> 23 different rites uh, to the church I believe, 23 is the current count but um, what does that mean to be Syriac Catholic?
1: Yeah, sure um, Syriac is, is, is a distinct uh, rite, um, they're very similar to the Chaldean rite uh, but it's a distinct rite, it come from northern Iraq, uh, uh, usually um, that's where the head diocese is, uh, here it's in New Jersey but we have our di- distinct liturgy uh, Aramaic is our distinct language within the liturgy some Arabic too as well Um, and then also, um, it's, it's, uh, we have our distinct culture as well. So we, it it was, uh, we were part of the Orthodox church, um, that, that came back to Rome, I believe in the 1800s. Mm -hmm. Uh, so now we are fully, um, fully infused back into the, 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 the Catholic fold within Rome. So, um. Uh, I don't attend the Syriac Rite, mainly because in Kentucky, you're not going to find any Eastern Rite. <laughs> Mostly Baptist churches around here and some Catholic churches. But uh, in California, they, you know, in San Diego, there were a couple of Syriac parishes, which was great for me because I was able to baptize and confirm my kids in the Syriac Rite because you get both sacraments in, in one day. So I was able to do that uh, for all four of my boys.
0: That's wonderful. And is in the Syriac, is it still, is it Chrismation? on the Eastern side of it. Is that what they call confirmation?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Chrism. Yeah. yeah, Chrism. chrism, Yeah. yeah, Chrism.
0: Yeah. 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 So, um, man, our church is so beautiful. I love being Catholic. Just the, uh, the university. (laughs) So So let's talk, um, you know, you, you think about in today's uh, modern world where tradition is, is, you know, the antiquity of, of, and tradition Mm. is always, always frowned upon, and then, um, you know, for uh, this younger generation to be able to see folks that are embracing that tradition, living it out and really trying to go against the culture, which we as faithful Catholics should be counterculture. But let's talk about your journey. I, you know, most people know my journey. Um, I wasn't always a practicing Catholic Um cradle catholic for sure but not always a practicing one so thanks be to god i got hit by that jesus jesus two by four and uh, came back to um the reality of i'm a sinner in need of a savior and so now i'm an on fire catholic and so but what's your story bro what have you always been practicing um were you a cradle catholic uh, what's the story behind uh you know for and then obviously get us into enoch
1: Enoch, you know, yeah sure um just, uh, before I start, you know, I think, I think, uh, I could see that in you, brother. You, you, you are on fire and I love that about you. So, uh, know, it's, it's very inspiring. So keep, keep up that good work. Um, thanks for what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so m- myself, yeah, I, I'm, I was cradle Catholic, uh, baptized, confirmed, um, Northern Iraq, um, m- migrated here, uh, in 92. So I've been here for a long time, um, uh, I've assimilated into the Western culture, I guess you could say, uh, while, while still keeping some of my Eastern roots among among the family as well. Um, but I, I didn't grow up Catholic. Uh, I guess you would say my parents were priesters. Uh We went to Mass Christmas and Easter, not much on Sundays. It wasn't until I had my conversion, I believe it was uh, 2006, uh, I, I had my conversion and Believe it or not, my conversion was just boredom. Uh, People say, I don't don't have, you know, the the skies didn't open up. There wasn't some, you know, I wasn't the type of, you know, kid that I was into drugs or alcohol where I hit rock bottom and Jesus had to bring me back up. It wasn't anything like that. It was more the fact that it it was just boredom. I picked up the scriptures um, just one day. Just sitting in my room, was bored, picked up the scriptures, started reading revelations first. Uh, and then that's where it all really started. I just fell in love with just the language of Scripture, and you know, my my father had incredible respect for Catholicism. Uh, he loved Christ to 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 a degree where you know we had to have we, we had to say our prayers in the evening. There was respect in the Christ's name in our household. We would never disrespect God or Christ or Our Lady. Mm-hmm. So that was my father's uh, you know way of trying to respect our Lord. And I guess that kind of rubbed in on me. It was like, okay, that was something that was sacred, I guess. Um, that's where what I got out of it. So I picked up the scriptures, and just like most Catholics, picked up the scriptures and understand the, the, the roots of, of scripture. Um, I ended up becoming evangelical, Protestant. Uh, and I ended up going to uh, The Rock, which was a big church in San Diego. You're probably familiar with it. Oh, yeah. Miles McPherson was the pastor who was an ex-charger uh, uh, player. And it, it, it was funny, my father was the one who said, now listen, I, I we didn't go to church every single Sunday, I don't know too much about the faith, but I just know falsism is the true faith. <laughs> you know? I don't mm-hmm. know how, I don't know why, but I know what mm-hmm. it is. And that's what he held on to, and for, for most of it was his roots. You know, coming from the Easter, right, you know, we, we, we were descendants of the Ninevites that Jonah preached to. Yeah. So, you know, the, the thought of the thought of the, you know, his, his children going to the Protestant church was, was not, didn't sit right with him.
0: Right.
1: And so he said to me, he said to my brother and I, he said, uh, um, listen, go to one Catholic Bible study for a month. If you're not convinced, then, you know, you know, go your own road. Uh, you know, out of respect of, you know, my father, cause you know, we, we come from a very, very patriarchal, uh, uh, culture, the Arabic yeah. culture and rightfully so, uh, I, I, th- I think they have it right. Mm-hmm. Um. He, uh, he ended, we ended up finding this, this Bible study, which is about 20 minutes away from us in parish, uh, run by, um, I guess you would say, uh, a local biblical scholar. And lo- luckily for us, and this is God's providence and his mercy, the scripture study was actually on the church fathers. Mm. The church understanding. So me having some logic, uh, uh, <laughs> understanding... What well, well, really, I, I I, added two plus two was four for me. It was, I'm a very simple-minded person. It's like, you know, the ends and the means, the objective truth, it's just very, very simple. So for me, I, I just thought to myself, well, if, if these church fathers, in their thinking, in their writing, in, in, in their worship, seem to be very Catholic, what am I doing going to the rock, thinking that my interpretation of scripture is greater than theirs? And that was it. That's all it was. The church fathers really were the ones that brought me back to the Catholic fold, and ever since I I, I got my hand on every book you could think of, I tried to imitation of Christ. I got my hand on all the Catholic answers literature, um, and it just my knowledge of the faith started going from there, and it really hasn't stopped since. To be honest with you, and I just thank my Lord. You know, I thank thank God first of all, looking through my dad, getting us to where we need to be. The Bible study teacher, the church fathers kind of bringing us back to the fold of the faith. Um, so I'm very grateful.
0: So would you like to summarize, and I, and I, and I agree with you, I'm a simple man as well to where, you know, there's some <laughs> things where it's just objectively speaking things just line up. Right. I mean, if we're really right. honest with ourselves, but would you say that you had an intellectual conversion? Um, or yes. Did you have an, so, you know, cause there's that part where I think, a lot of people will say nah you know I, you know I, I really fell in love with our lord um and so would you say that you are already in love or was an intellectual uh, an intellectual conversion for you um especially when you encountered the church fathers which essentially i think they're batting a thousand now once you encounter the church fathers right it's like um <laughs> good luck bro staying not catholic <laughs> that's a good
1: one yeah it, it was an intellectual conversion to begin with um I really didn't know who to fall in love with, to be honest with you, because there were so many Jesuses to fall in love with. You know, everybody has their own version of Christ. But I don't, you know, I I did kind of fall in love with with the Protestant understanding of Christ. Um, But I didn't really understand the fullness. Uh, And and I fell fell in love with Christ a lot more after I converted to Catholicism.
0: Because it was the intellect. Now I
1: understood who I'm falling in love with. And the more I learned about him, man, the more infatuated I was. I just wanted to get my hand on everything that that, that, that was written about him. Um, and then, you know, I, I did have a problem with a lady at first, you know, me reading the scriptures, thinking the way the Protestants think. Um, and it wasn't until a little bit later I asked our Lord, I said, Lord, if you want me to love your mother, show me how. And it wasn't very long. It was a few months after that that I just had this incredible appreciation for her and, and devotion. So,
0: yeah, um, and I see that our lady right behind you, uh, in, in, in camera, view there. So it's funny how, uh, you know, we fight against that, yet, um, our blessed mother patiently, um, is like, get underneath my mantle, you knucklehead, right? Um, <laughs> but, you know, I very much was like your father, even when I was a, a non practicing Catholic, and I remember even when, um, you know, my wife, who was really the one who who really felt like we were spiritually dead. And, and st- it was the impetus and the catalyst to start seeking God out again. And we were bouncing around to yeah. different Protestant churches. That was where she felt that's what she was exposed to. And I was being a spiritual sloth. Um, but I never, ever felt at home except in the Catholic Church. So praise be to God that, that she found Um really what we describe as the true presence of God in holy the Holy Eucharist there when she entered the Catholic Church and just felt like something was different because it is, right? We got the whole we got the whole enchilada, the whole banquet. So um so let's so it sounds like you had, you know, that was a great conversion and 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 I think all conversion is um major, no matter how minor, right? We may think it is. If there's nothing, you know, um, I happen to be at the bottom of the barrel. So the Lord was I was definitely the prodigal son. Um, you know wishing to be feeding on what the swine was in my life um but all conversion it really is is a, is a major it's a big deal right and now look at what you're doing for god so let's move to um you know the the whole concept because i you know i've had debates before um you know i was a you know born in the 70s raised in 80s 90s kid and so was into and, and and was wayward for a long time because we grew up in the you know, gangster rap came up from my era. I don't know how old you are. I won't try to. I won't try to guess or even ask. But, um, but, but nonetheless, I grew up in that era. Was in the. You know, was in my own rap game back in the day. So my kids still give me a bit of time about that. Um, and, and uh, I'm like, don't talk about that. That's a, that's John BC before conversion. But, um, but it, But you know, it, it. The the challenge that I have sometimes is um, not sometimes, but even in today's world, that 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 hip hop culture is. Is kind of cultivating and fostering. I'm talking about the secular side of it. Yeah. All of the vice and the sin and the things that are destroying family life and marriage and souls today. And so, yeah. how do how do you as a, an artist reconcile that? Because again, you know, I I got your your album on repeat. You know what I mean? It's a lot of my workout vibes mm-hmm. is uh, tradiciona, so um, um, it, it's really That's cool. To have a, yeah, a Catholic a Catholic. Uh, inspiration there especially you know i mean you know i I posted on you know our lady um you know uh i'm so tired is one of my favorite my favorite tracks but um how do you answer that from you know you got parents who are trying to keep their kids from being exposed to the culture and being a catholic hip-hop artist
1: no i i wrestle with it myself as well to be honest with you um it, you know, I, I was a big hip-hop head, you know, in, in the 90s. That's really when I started, seventh grade, where I started writing music. My brother and I started writing raps, and it was horrible music. And we talk about, like, you know, uh, simple, you know, simple nursery rhymes, but uh, we just started working on it because we were, we, you know, we got into that culture in the 90s. It was that, you know, we got swept into the East Coast, West Coast beef, uh, if you remember that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I was a huge East Coast fan. I was all about Biggie, Diddy, Mace, and Nas. And I was I was a huge fan of those guys. I wasn't really big. I, I, I come, you know, later on as I got older, I can't, got more appreciation for Pac and those guys.
0: Um, Man, we so, might have had beef back in the day, bro. We might have had beef. Oh, you were West Coast? Oh, yes. I was, I was on West, West Coast. West Coast. <laughs> oh, West Coast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you got You got, Coast, yeah. you got Q and Jay, right? And those
1: guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the, so to me, the 90s was the golden era of, of okay. hip-hop um yep. i don't think it would ever be replicated that's where I, I think that's where really became popular and a lot of folks like you and i and, and i see a lot of folks my age were saying man i used to love rap so much i had to give it up because of how trash it was mm-hmm. and they said you know this was a breath of fresh air that I mean, you know i found a traditional catholic rapper with good content mm-hmm. but for me I, I you know i i take it even a step further i, I don't think just the content uh, uh, well, the content becomes intrinsically evil because it violates the principle of the tr- integral good. Mm-hmm. Because the content itself, uh, among the culture, is gangster rap, is um, degrading to women, immodest, blasphemous, um, vain, uh, self glory. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And um, before Biggie, I guess you would say, it, it was very, uh, uh, they, they were just showing the reality of. What they were living, uh, so it, it was all about the, the, the gangster rap and, and the gangs and, and living in the ghettos. Uh, then he came out. I uh, think kind of changed the culture a little bit and started talking more about flaunting what you have uh, and 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 also degrading women in, in, in that in that sense. So the music itself, I think, needs to be listened to in moderation. When I say music, I'm talking about no words, just just. Just instrumental music itself, mm-hmm. because the music itself is syncopated. Now, um, I love music. I think music has its place. I think mm-hmm. different types of music have its place. I think chant is the highest form of music, mm-hmm. absolutely, uh, because it's it's a it, because it reaches the, the chant is made for the intellect because it's 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 the simplest form, I and mean, the like intellect is the highest form of, of man. It's in the simplest form it reaches the intellect, uh, um, harmony. Uh, is really for the will, the heart. Um, and then you've got the uh, uh, melodies and, 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 and the beat, which is the passion. And rap um, is syncopated because it's derived from jazz and rock, to be honest with you. So it really it takes the, the hierarchy of music and flips it to the point where now the, the, the irascible and the concupiscible appetite become the main force of, 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 of what it's trying to uh, relate to so it, it became an issue for me so then I thought to myself well well first of all everything belongs to God everything everything that is on this earth belongs, if it exists if it comes to existence it belongs to God mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that rap music rock music pop music uh it's and in its content and in its form is contrary it it, it it's really listening to a secular world that is contrary to our creed. As a matter of fact, it's only contrary to our creed, but their creed is almost to a point where it's blasphemous. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, there's a lot of folks out there who still like rap, but have given it up because of the content. If I, can, if I can put something together that is not really too significant, because if you listen to some of the beats that I select and the producers that I work with, I tried to find beats that have certain melody changes to them that don't just loop over and over. And I tried to do that on purpose because I wanted to have more of a melodic, understand, you know, a taste, but still keep the rap form within it. Uh, and I try to make the content as deliberately Catholic, and authentic, authentically Catholic as possible. Mm-hmm. So that way, um, because we memorize music a lot easier than we memorize textbooks. You know, um, you got these kids, you know, you, you ask them to... To, to to play the you know your latest little baby song and they'll recite it from front to back without a problem because within was, it was their subconscious. But you know you ask them to say the Ten Commandments. You know I was a youth minister. I could do the test of this. You ask them to say tell the like, uh, Ten Commandments not even in order they couldn't figure out five <laughs> So I, I figure you know what a great medium which is what music is same as TV it's a medium, mm-hmm. um, and. A medium can never be intrinsically evil; it can be consumed in moderation. Uh, but what makes it intrinsically evil is what comes out of it. And I think a lot of the pop and rap music are intrinsically evil and should be avoided. But I think the music that I come up with, or some of the uh, uh, other rappers, or even musicians, I would to be honest I would say the same thing about uh, praise. What people we would call praise and worship music. Yeah, there's no difference between the syncopated. Understanding of 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 praise and worship music and rap because they're both syncopated and they both attack the same. It's the emotion, Mm -hmm. you know. They they derive from the emotion. But I would say that in moderation, you know, I don't, I, I don't think you have to moderate Gregorian chant because Mm -hmm. it appeals to the intellect. You can play it all day, twenty four seven. Yeah. But I think if you listen to, for example, a lot of people nowadays will listen to traditionalists at the gym. I, I. a lot of guys tell me that. It's a, it's 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 one of their number one um, album that they're playing at the gym. And I'm saying to myself, hey, if, you know, if, if you're exercising, you're lifting weights, and you're listening to Die For This or, or, or Under Construction, and some of those words are getting into your intellect, that's what I really wanted to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think about under, under Construction, man. It's a pep talk at the end of that, right? That gives you the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, go lift something heavy, man, and uh, you yeah. know, uh, go do something hard. Um, no, that's a great breakdown because I didn't think people, um, and it's always good, uh, you know, part of the reason I like to do this podcast is to get to know the person behind whatever people have as far as an image. You know, and you're, here you are talking about, you know, some of the philosophy and the theology behind your approach to how you approach a difficult topic and I appreciate your, you know, your vulnerability and candidness around, yeah, it's a difficult, it's a struggle. It can, can hip hop and holiness coexist. Right. And I, I was very much that mindset because, you know, uh, when you, when you've worked for the other side and played for the other side, right. So I used to be the devil's puppet for a long time. You wow. tend I tend to swing the other way, right? Like, yo, I know what he's got to say. I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna get rid of and purge everything sure. that resembles what once was. And I think the beautiful thing about being Catholic and that idea of, you know, I think about theology of the body and the redeeming of, you know, arrows or the you know, the redemption of um our our sexuality or the fact that God can write straight with crooked lines, all those, you know, those different kind of sayings and phrases that we've heard is in a way that you're approaching this craft of creating music um in a right. specific genre that hopefully uh caters to the inter- intellect primarily um while staying true to the genre as best you can without compromising one's soul i think it's beautiful because there's nothing else out there right and i, I think that's a part where um you know, we have options, right? We have options in the sense of, and I love how you keep it deliberately Catholic, right? Because I hate when we got it, we think we have to tiptoe around and sound like everybody else or, you know, be soft about our faith. And I'm like, man, you know, soft. What does that do for somebody who, I mean, if you're not really proud and you're not out loud Catholic and you're not about your faith, then what are you really about then, right? It's universalism and you're like, it's just, you know, I have so many other choices. I'll just go somewhere else, right, where there's less rules and um, less confusion or ambiguity about it. So I appreciate what you're doing Mm -hmm. in in that sense, brother, when it comes to um, just being deliberately Catholic. So let's talk about kind of the genesis to enoch and traditionis. um i know you talked a little bit about it here but like so what's your approach to it now you know you got obviously you've um you you left the crazy state the commie state of california to go to kentucky to do a homestead. <laughs> you know you've you've picked up you know i've read read your bio and you kind of you know you put down the stuff of the kind of the the rapping hip-hop world with your brother and now you kind of picked it back up found that fire again um yeah. and maybe you can talk a little bit about that how you got back into it but then also like okay so then what's the future what's the future for enoch how did you come up with the name enoch was is another question as well um, but maybe kind of take us into, like, what's the future state now moving forward with um, kind of this new call, this new fire to uh, to approach sure. a genre that's been somewhat untouchable and, and and point our faithful people out to something that is is, is good, clean, and holy.
1: Sure. Thank you for that. I uh, appreciate it. Um, yeah, my brother and I were doing it for a long time. Like I said, we started in the seventh grade. We were secular, clean, but secular music. Um, and then it wasn't until, I believe, 2000, after my conversion— uh, my, my reversion back to the Catholic faith in 2007 2008 right around there. Um, I Told my brother I said hey, why don't we switch up and why don't we start making music for, for the Catholic faith? And so we agreed we had just finished our secular album um, We never put it out. Um, I don't even know where it is anymore to be honest with you And so we started working on our our, our, our Catholic album uh, around 2010 um About two years later when we finally finished the album we were approached by a record company uh, that was starting up It was a Catholic record company starting up and they said you know We have one artist on board right now. We want to make a second artist and we agreed we had signed all the paperwork and done the studio work and um, uh, I Guess it it didn't didn't work out between the two partners. So um, they did end up splitting and then instead of um, continuing the record label uh, they ended up selling back our masters back to us, which was great for us because uh, artists a lot of times end up paying high money for their masters back because it belongs to the label. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they give us our masters at no cost whatsoever. So we launched our album in 2011 uh, called Spirit vs Flesh, and at that time we were Elijah and Elisha, the two prophets, Elijah and Elisha. I believe it was is how you say it. Mm-hmm. And it's called Spirit versus Flesh, and it's it's out, you know, it's on Bandcamp, Pandora, and all that stuff. It's it's somewhere to be found uh, uh, somewhere out there. Uh, The style is a lot different than what you what you would hear from traditionalists. I don't think I was that great of a rapper at the time. I I think taking that break, uh, kind of, uh, and and I'm talking about lyrically. and the reason is, 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 after I took that ten-year break, and it wasn't so much where I wanted to take a break. It was more the fact that when you get married, you know, you're having your kid, you know, your dreams of becoming a musician kind of has to put to the side now because you got to put food on the table, and a roof over the head. Uh, you know, you got to provide and protect as a father and a husband, as you know. Um, so I kind of put that to the side, and we ended up moving to Kentucky, and it was during COVID time that we moved. A good friend of mine, Michael Lofton, who runs a, 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 a YouTube channel called Reason and Theology, he used, to, he used to rap too. And he said, hey, I, I heard you used to rap. I made, here's a, I made a beat for an introduction for one of my videos. Can you put a verse on it? I was like, man, it's been a long time. I sold all my equipment. I got nothing. I got a headset, microphone, and audacity. And he goes, just, just do the best you can. Just put it together. So he let me the beat. I started rapping over it. And I don't think it was that great, to be honest with you. It was so rusty. Uh, and I, I started rapping to it, and it lit that fire back within me. I'm like, man, I love making music. It was a great outlet. And I knew lyrically I could, pos- I could probably do better now than I did before, mainly because the, my knowledge of the faith had grown from since then. You know, talking about 10 years, and then by 2015, three years after I, I, I quit music, I joined what we call the traditional movement, where I was going to the TLM, I was listening to Father Ripperger, Father um, Father Philip Wolf, uh, Father um, Father Mary, Father Mary uh, Relia, um, li- Father Isaac. Yeah. yeah, I was I was listening to um, you know your good friend uh, uh, J- Romero, Jesse Romero. Um, so I was I was I was really learning from the faith, the too authentic understanding of the tradition. So I knew that I could I, I could probably draw more. Onto you know that type of content onto the music, and my brother and I were different when it comes to portrait of music. My brother was more lyrical. He was always a great lyricist. I struggled a little bit more with, with lyricism. He was he, he's an incredible lyricist, but he couldn't write. He couldn't structure a song to save his life. That's why my brain came in handy.
0: You know, I, you know, I
1: could pick the music, structure it, put the hook down, put it all together to make you know to make the song what it is. So we complemented each other there. You know, um, he was very creative in coming in, literally laying things out, and I would come after him because he'd put it down first. So uh, when I decided to go and I asked him, I said, hey, I'm going to do an album. You want to go do it again? He goes, nah, I, really, I don't have time. And I, I, I say, I'm, I'm going to try and go solo and see what happens. You know, I was like, I have no idea what's going to happen. I, I do not even expect the album to go, you know, to be shared as much as it was. I was just putting some music together uh, and I, I had no idea what direction I was going to take. I reached back to my old producers, and th- their production had gotten much better than, than 10 years prior, so that was good for me. And I thought to myself, I said, listen, if I'm going to make this album, uh, Traditiones, I have to make it as, as close to production lines, this, the sound, as the secular world. Uh, you know, I didn't want it to sound cheesy be- just because it was a Christian album, Mm-hmm. I think that's sometimes where we kind of uh, start to compromise. Like, well, this is not, you know, full-on production. It's not for a record label. No, it's for God. It's, it's even greater. Mm-hmm. You know, we should even go beyond the second world, you know, if we can. And, man, I, I couldn't believe how easy it was to get some of these engineers and mixers to come together and to make me sound decent. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to do... Uh, R&B and pop music, because I love writing music that I'm on melodic. I really do. But mm-hmm. well, I couldn't sing to save my life, brother. Like, I'm telling you, like, I am a horrible singer. I'm never on key. I can't, I'm monotone to the death. I can rap, yes, but can't sing. So, I was like, you know what, they gotta have something nowadays that can make me sound decent. You know, there's, there's gotta be something nowadays that they, they can put me in the key and stuff, things like that. So, I, let me give it a shot. So, I did, um, I did, uh, what was the first song I did don't need a reason mm-hmm. that's the song I did. And it was really a song for my family, you know, escaping the city, coming to a homestead and just, uh, just being, being a family. And I sent out to, to the engineer and I said, Hey, can you make the sound decent? He sent it back to me. And I was amazed. I was like, you know, it's not, not too bad. You know, you know, they, they did a great job. They made, you know, horrible singer sound decent. <laughs> so, uh, after that, I had the confidence to make more. I did gender roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did um, looking for my baby. And then eventually I ended up, one of the last songs I did was um, I'm So Tired, mm-hmm. um, which was, I think, the second last song I ended up recording before I dropped the album. So it wasn't even supposed to be on there. Uh, and it was one of those things where I got I got the instrumental from the producer. I was so inspired by it. I was like, I don't have a Marion song. So I, got, I put that in there. And to answer the question, where Enoch come from, I kind of wanted to switch my name up because I want solo. Mm. And I thought to myself, so it's uh, Enoch, so it's E dash knock, mm. It actually means eternity knocks.
0: Ah.
1: And yeah, that's what I mean because you know eternity knocks for all of us, whether it's heaven or hell. But it mm-hmm. was a plan with playing with the prophet Enoch. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where I came of- from.
0: Amen. And that, that fits, right? Cause he was, he was assumed into heaven. So, you know, who knows, you know, right. you could be, <laughs> right. so yeah. that's awesome, bro. I think, um, you know, there's so much there to, to, to kind of just reflect on and chew on, um, that journey that you described. And I think it, it's interesting how, you know, you caught that fire and when it had a different end really to glorify God, right. And yeah. you kind of, um, Use whatever gifts you had, regardless of, you know, where you rate those gifts and those talents to be like, look, I, I need to do something. There's a fire lit in me that I want to save mm. souls. I want to glorify God. Um, how, how he just kind of smooths out that process and he brings everybody back together to kind of create that final product that will hopefully bring, bring glory to his name. And and I think it is, right. I And mean, there's so many people that are giving you mad love about it. And, um, and I think rightfully so uh, it's interesting. I do want to, to sidebar a little bit because you know, you're talking about, you know, you know, uh listening to Father Chad and um Father Father Isaac if you've never heard my story um I always tell the story of um when I was basically on the bottom you know when I was when I was uh you know in the wasteland if you will as, as a prodigal son getting ready to lose everything I talk about going um to a men's conference and Father Isaac was the speaker wow and it was it was uh it was and it was he was just speaking right to my heart right yeah and I was crying the whole entire time. The guys who invited me were like, "Yo, what's going on with John?" Right, and so he's given, <laughs> he's he's doing confession during lunch, and I head over, um, beeline over there, and so I'm in in the confessionals behind the screen, and I'm I'm you know so distraught and just c- crying out from the belly of my soul, doing like a general mm-hmm. confession, confessing everything that I can possibly think of, and Father Isaac comes from around that screen, bro, and he's like. Praise God for the remorse that you feel in your heart. Do you, remind, do you mind if I do the deliverance prayer over you? Wow. I, I know my, my listeners heard this before, but at that moment, I'm still an idiot Catholic, right? So I look up, my eyes are still swollen. I'm like, yeah, deliverance prayer. That sounds good. Let's do that, right? So <laughs> he, he breaks out this crucifix bigger than my head, it on my what? forehead, and <laughs> breaks out his book of prayers and starts doing the deliverance prayer over me in Latin. Right. And I'm like in this crazy ecstasy. And then he, he, you know, absolves me of my sins, gives me my, um, as and independence and douses me with holy water. And from that point, I go to, uh, the, the blessed sacrament was exposed in a chapel. And so I, I went for the next 45 minutes I laid prostrate at the foot of the sanctuary. And that's when I had the, the, the Bartimaeus cry out to God. And that's where I surrendered my life to God. And that's when, those chains were obliterated of, of the bondage that I'd been in because of all the trauma and abuse and all the things that I just, the sin in my life. Um, <clears throat> it, it it was, it was at that point where, um, and, and this is where, you know, for the priests that are listening out there, when you think about um, how important it is for you to be attentive to what, you know, the Holy Spirit's doing in the sacrament of, of reconciliation where you can hear where father Isaac heard in my confession that, to know enough to say this man needs deliverance this man needs an exorcism right because he's in bondage and it's from that point you know felt like it, it was overnight but that catapulted me into the man on fire right to where my, my marriage was saved my life was saved my my children my family was saved and and now here we are you know trying to set the world ablaze um for the heart uh the the sacred heart of jesus and, and the immaculate heart of mary so yeah, it's it's pretty powerful. So you know, you th- you think about those people, bro, that come across our life, um, like the father, yep. you know, Father Chad, or whether it be Father Isaac, the, the Jesse Ramirez of the world. I got you know my my good brother Deacon Harold Burke Sivers as a big part of my conversion as well. Um, Deacon it, Harold, it, yeah. yeah, yeah, Deacon Harold, boy, he's a, he's 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 a he's a he's a pack of a punch. So he's the uh, he's he's definitely a, a big brother of mine. So you know, praise yeah. God for. Uh, your intellectual conversion, how big and small you may feel it is. And for the work that you're trying to do specifically in this area, you know, that, that struggle that we have. And I think it's great that you're you're the first guy to actually acknowledge it. When I talk about the coexisting of hip hop and holiness and everybody else, because they're so, it's like how they feed themselves you know what i mean they got to be part yeah. of that that culture that subculture and so they they tend to to shy away from that question and i'm like this is probably the first real honest dialogue where i'm going if it's not a struggle i, I question why not right if it's mm-hmm. not a struggle between holiness and hip hop um because like you said man it's just you know there, there's a lot of that um of that genre and of that culture uh, where there's a lot of woundedness and brokenness that I think yeah. is evident. It's 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 a replica of the world, right? Broken families, the objectification of women and, and, and children of one another, um, the degradation of, you know, the, the dignity of the human person. I mean, there's so much out there, right? Whether it's, whether it's abortion, you name it. It's just, it's, right, uh, right. it's feeing, It's demonic in a lot of cases, right? Where the devil's working through that music. And so, uh, yeah. you know, I just appreciate everything that you're doing. And so what, you know, Let's talk about the future state. You know, traditionis was was a great comeback. You know, uh, a restart, whatever you're calling it. Um, so, what's on the what's on the docket, bro, for the future of Enoch?
1: Yeah, it's just more music. Uh, to be honest with you, um, you know, I, 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 told, I told I told I told someone the other day. I was like, you know, someone said, you know, how, how are you getting the stuff out there? And I said, man, I have no idea. I'm horrible at this stuff. I don't know how to PR. I don't know how to you know, put myself out there. I I just want to make music. I, you know, mm-hmm. you know. Once the spark caught on, um, it just 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 kept growing and growing. And now, um, you know, I'm recording maybe two or three days a week. Uh, I do it in the evenings when my family just sleeps, so I I don't miss family time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it never takes over my family. I would quit it quickly if it did, because that's mm-hmm. the most important part of my life mm-hmm. is my wife and my children and my prayer life. So my uh, but um you know, thanks be to God, he's he's definitely given me the opportunity to make more. Um so I, 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 I December twenty seventh, my second album will drop. And I will say this right now, um, my personal opinion. I don't know about anybody else, but my personal opinion, this second album is better than Traditionis, I think. Um Uh-oh. I I think, yeah. If there wasn't uh-huh. a
0: teaser, bro, there it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is. yeah no, i appreciate that yeah I, I i personally think um so it's, it's gonna be the same 13 tracks um but there's more of a variety uh in, in content and there's a more of a variety in sound uh the sound of things has gotten a little better the f- some of the flows are better um, um the multiple syllable rhymes you know I, I i'm a lyricist at heart I love lyricism I grew up with Nas, Wu-Tang, you know, those guys. Uh, I don't know if you remember Cannabis back in the days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm big on lyricism, on, you know, uh, Eminem being a great lyricist himself. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it, was, it, it wasn't it was just about coming back and, you know, I, I wanted to show off some lyrical skill, and mix, mixing it with with authentic Catholic content, you know. Mm-hmm. So I got, a, I got a couple of songs on there called the um, – uh, so I got one song called, uh, that ain't Catholic. Uh, so it's, it's, th- th- this is a fun one. I think you're going to like it a lot. Uh, it's called, it called that ain't Catholic. Uh, what else? I got a, um, I got a song on there. Um, I got a country song, believe it or not. I just decided to do a little country song. I uh, just trying to get into that. Uh, you know, just, I, I, I like making a uh, mess up with different types of styles I got a song called on the cross.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's a very sweet song. It's my wife's favorite song. It's, it's very melodic. Uh, and it's, 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 it's a real song about, you know, the, one of the parts of the hook, it says you're either on the cross or you're begging, banging in the nails. Those mm-hmm. are the two options. You have. You're you either on the cross or you're banging in the nails. Um, so that's one of the, that's one of the, the, the words in the hook. Um, yeah, that's gonna be a good one. I have one I just released called "The Box,"
0: yeah, uh,
1: which is about which is about of somebody who goes to confession. It's every what's happened to everyone. We go to confession. We're standing in line. We're next in line, and the person kind of says, "Nope, you gotta, you gotta you know, father's gotta get ready for mass. You gotta go." Yeah. <laughs> and I just wanted to you know just to put that out there, just let everybody know like that the, the struggle is real for Catholics. So we're looking for confession on a daily basis.
0: For sure. Uh,
1: yeah and I, uh, but that is just, just more music. And again, I'll just be putting it out and, and, and just hoping people would share it with your know, word of mouth. And again, I don't, I don't have any knowledge and how to get myself out there or anything like that. I'm just enjoying making music and, and if people have the heart to share it, I really appreciate it. Uh, and if people want to listen to it, I appreciate it even more.
0: Yeah. I mean, so, you know, the beautiful thing about doing this for God is that, you know, um, we go where God leads us right and and he he's yeah. gonna be your best PR guy your best market for me? I
1: don't know what'm doing
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> hey you can't go wrong with them say Joseph you know help us out here say you know um so you know what's the best way people can find out more about you um I know we're gonna obviously put that in the show notes we'll you know we'll put that in and here down here in the lower thirds to to get you know people to find you but what's the best way to find out about you about your music about your ministry?
1: Right. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, well, really, it's 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 going to be mostly on all digital platforms. Uh, okay. it, it's going to be the Spotify, the, the the Apple Music, the um, uh, the Amazon Music, and, and and Pandora, and Think, and such Music, YouTube, too, uh, stuff like that. Uh, but also, mostly, um, it's going to be my, my Instagram, where I'm really I think that I have a community there that I really love, and, and, and just wanna, I you know. Sometimes I'll release exclusive songs on Instagram alone, uh, just to give give it to those folks. Uh, and also, um, Census Fidelium TV. I don't know if, if you heard about that yet. Uh, Ooh, so, whoa. so um, Fidelium, yeah, you you've heard of you've heard of them. Um, Stephen oh, yeah. Cunningham oh. is the one who. Yeah. So he actually started a a a, a, uh, a website called census Fidelion on tv which is an alternative to youtube so it looks just like youtube and where it's just pretty much catholic content i think father Rubrico is putting exclusive content on there i'm on there um i think he's looking for people to get on there to try to get people away from youtube and onto his uh, platform oh. because it's not evil yeah
0: let's go so, i did not know so that
1: yeah yeah, yeah. so c- census tv.com oh i think i'm sorry it's you know, T V. Okay. and it's, it's really cool it's really cool it, it, it's kind of like that that YouTube kind of outlook yeah but it's so Catholic every channel I think you've got um Kennedy Hall's on there 1Peter5's on there Father Rupriker's on there the Colby Center's on there mm-hmm. um the Couset channel they're all trying to move their content on there and less on YouTube because we want everybody to go on there um yeah. have that Catholic,
0: Catholic platform. I guess we're going to have to, we're going to have to make some migration ourselves around here. Cause you know, that'd be great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you wouldn't mind that at all. I think we'd love to have you on there too. Uh.
0: That'd be awesome. No, thanks for the good heads up, man. I mean, obviously there's going to be a lot more collab between you and I in the sense of just, just even dialogue and praying, bro. I think the more that we can give each other a platform, the better off we'll be. I'm all about collaboration and partnership, especially when it comes to saving souls and glorifying God. So, um, you yeah. know, I uh, appreciate the time here. I'm going to just uh, finish with a couple of, of of questions. If you can just, you know, viewers get to know you, listeners get to know you, just have some on the spot questions, a little icebreaker at the end of the show. Okay. Uh, so don't worry, they're not going to be like crazy, uh, cate- catechetical sure. things. <laughs> Real simple. So um, who's your go-to saint for prayer?
1: My go-to, my go-to saint is Our Lady St. Pio
0: and St. Vincent Ferrer. Oh man, St. Vincent Ferrer, you know, that's the Dominican, bro. That's a, that's a, yeah, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So third, third an <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, okay. So, uh, do you have a specific kind of, 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 structure of prayer that you, that you're mostly fond of that you incorporate every single day? Is there like a devotional or, uh, you know, uh, anything you can throw out there for the listeners?
1: Sure. The Jesus prayer, I the would Jesus say. And, uh, okay. yeah, so it's, it, it's, it's part of my Eastern root, I guess, yep. the Jesus prayer. Um, I had the rope um where it's just just that 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 repetitive saying of jesus christ son of god have mercy on me a sinner jesus christ son of the living god have mercy on me a sinner Mm -hmm. man what it does to the intellect is the the, the humility understanding of jesus christ son of the living god who he is Mm -hmm. have mercy on me a sinner who i really am Mm -hmm. and just 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 making my intellect realize that i'm so needy (laughs) you know from his grace and, of course, the, uh, with my family is the rosary.
0: All right. Good, good. All right. So um, if you had a spiritual book that you would recommend, you can only recommend one, which one would that be right now?
1: Um, Uniformity with God's Will by St. Alphonsus.
0: There you go. St. Alphonsus. Uh, we were just talking about yeah. that as we were prepping, right? we Feast Day in the New Rite. I think it's a feast day tomorrow in the Old Rite. So either way, we get a double yep. dip. Uh, on Saint
1: yeah, Alfonso, right, yeah. I got and a and song look, in called Saint Alfonso.
0: I know. I was going to ask you. I'm like, it's providential that we're recording on. Yeah. You know, you have a song on Traditionus, We have, we're on the feast day. Yeah. We get, again, we get a double. It's funny
1: me saying, if you me yeah. saying about that, yeah, you know, that song has almost nothing to do about Saint Alphonsus. If, if if people really listen to that song, what it, what it's really about is is um and I and I feel comfortable saying this um mm-hmm. a lot of the new uh, um, spiritual formation is not very satisfying to the soul. Um, I, I find that it that doesn't bear as much fruit, to be honest with you, as the times of Saint when Saint Alphonsus was writing. So the song, what it's, what it's really about is, 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 is diving into the tradition and seeing the tradition of the saints and how they came into holiness throughout the tradition versus us trying to find our own way with a lot of people using crystals and and, and, you know, using new age spirituality. Yeah. Um, so, St. Alfonso is really about the soul who's not satisfied with the current understanding of spiritualism and going back to the time of St. Alphonsus. That's what it's really about.
0: Yeah, I mean... Can't can say it better than the moral doctor of the church, man. So I think that was uh, a. Yeah. yeah. I paid attention. Yeah, I paid attention to that song, and I think um, that's a that's a definitely a great saint to to model ourselves after. And um, hey, again, Fawaz Enoch appreciate you uh, spending time with me on this uh, kind of newly refactored uh, True Faith Real Talk episode. Brought to you Thank by you. the World of Abla- World of Blaze podcast series. And so, brother, um, appreciate you connecting. Appreciate your brotherhood. Appreciate your your fatherhood, and and what you're trying. Trying to witness as a man, an authentic Catholic man out there in the world, um, <clears throat> trying to save souls for Christ, starting with your own and your family. So brother, know that you'll be in my prayers, um, in, our, in our postulate prayers, and uh, we look forward to December 27th when we get the new album dropped. and. According to Enoch himself, y'all, he said it's going to be better than Tradiciones. So we're going to hold him to that, brother, and we'll have to get you back on again once that drops um, as we lead up to it. And anything else that that we can uh, collaborate on, you know, we're open to it. So brother, hey, appreciate your time. Everybody take a look at what he has to offer. Go and get his album. But you know how we do it. We get holy or we die trying. God's peace.